Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. All right, all right, all right. Dave, we are live. David Limos in the house. David, how are you doing today? Doing great, Eddie. How about you? Doing great as well, my man. Great to have you on the show. Um, for the audience, the guys that have never met you, I've been working with Lemus. Uh, we met a while back. We have worked at two different companies. We have met each other. So it's amazing to see your growth and now today to be interviewing you. David, for the audience that do not know you yet, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you came into the sales scene? Tell us a little bit about how you got into sales outsourcing. Awesome. Well, thank you, Eddie, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, well, on my side, uh, I came a long way. I actually um, have 12 years of experience working in, I would say, BPO industry, B2B sales in different, uh, let's say, spaces, so to speak. Um, I started 12 years ago as an agent, sitting down on the phone, doing B2C and uh, doing sales myself. Um, and from there, I started to kind of work my way up in different roles. Uh, I became a supervisor. Uh, I've been a manager, I've been a trainer, I've been a head of department, uh, I've been director of different divisions and uh, a VP of sales in a technology company as well. And I guess throughout these years and uh, all these experience, um, it has basically led me uh, and my partner to be able to create a strategy. And so strategy was born from, uh, let's say, all the different lessons learned of what works and what doesn't work. What should I do? What should I not do? And that's how we became, or that's how we came to build sales strategy. Uh, we're based in Medellin. We've been operating for a while now, and we have a team of 50 people at this moment. So very excited um, to see the growth and the acceptance we have not only from our clients, but from the talent, the pool of talent that we have in the region. Okay, wonderful. That's uh, an interesting number. Uh, 50 people already working with different customers, different regions. You mentioned an office in Medellin, but continuing to grow uh, before we started rolling the cameras. You were mentioning some expansion in the office, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. For now, uh, thank you for sharing the journey on, on how uh, throughout different roles, kind of like started from the bottom, now we're here, right? Um, doing the deeds, rolling up your sleeves, pulling up the phones, uh, doing the cold calls, managing teams, and now leading your own company. Uh, why don't you tell us today, the customers for sales strategy, who would be the best fit? We have different line of services, but I guess today we're going to focus on sales and services uh, as a service or appointment setting. Um, we can talk about the other line of service, probably a different occasion, but uh, one of our let's say fortes or strong offerings is basically appointment setting okay. um, industries uh, we have been able to have a great fit have been uh, mainly the fintech space um, technology overall but i'll say probably fintech is where uh, we have found a, a sweet spot um, and reaching out to financial leaders right our, our customers offer um, financial solutions uh, to to leaders in um, financial leaders in companies anywhere from director and above, uh, we are a teams have been able to have successful conversations. And it's not just that uh, we hire employees with this background; is that our training and our onboarding for employees uh, emphasizes a lot on getting the teams ready to have these type of conversations. 
Okay, wonderful. So there's a level of training a team, deploying the execution in. Uh, you mentioned we have a few different services. We're going to talk about appointment setting today, which actually, now that you're sharing that service, I also would like to hear a little bit of a success story around that service. So you yeah. were mentioning that this is great uh, for fintech companies to also target financial leaders. Are there any, uh, as you share uh, with me a success story and with the audience around this appointment setting service, the impact that you can make with it, why don't you tell me a little bit more around who is this for? So you mentioned fintech companies, any geographies in particular, any languages in particular? So the, the job that we do overall is, like you said, appointment setting, top of the funnel. Uh, we schedule those qualified meetings for our customers, but um, this has, and this, this again comes back from the experience and everything that we've been doing in the past. And um, all of our experience is based in the United States and Canada and North America. Um, and primarily, obviously, uh, English speaking, we don't do uh, any other language just because uh, we already master having, let's say, business conversations in English. So um if i have anybody that speaks a different language um okay fantastic but uh, we won't be able to have those uh, business conversations so english is something we master already um united states and canada it's already a territory we know um we have quality data of companies uh, in the us and canada okay you mentioned quality data that's going to be my next uh question around Along the lines of the success story, give me an example of a customer that you work with. You don't have to mention the brand, but tell me, uh, let's start with how do you generate the lead list that you use to then do the outbound to book the appointments uh, from your service? How do you create the lead list? We generally start with our clients during the onboarding phase. Uh, we request three personas, so three different profiles you want to target. Um, it's important that clients provide us that information so that we know at least um, where do we want to start, right? With this, we combine that, that with messaging, but the lead list overall is uh, we use our database, we gather, um, we kind of hone in on different personas and we, um, we connect that with the messaging to make sure that we're speaking the language of the personas we're reaching out to. Um, so we connect, uh, of course, the, the personas, right? So the different profiles that we are after we connect that with the messaging to make sure that we are um, speaking the language of the uh, of the different personas, right? Um, it's not the same. I cannot go to a VP of sales with the messaging and use exactly the same message uh, with a VP of marketing, right? Different needs, different priorities. But this pool process, we um, we you use the criteria provided by the client. We then cleanse the list using a suppressions list or DNC list provided by the client to make sure we're not reaching out to existing customers or uh, previous prospects that have expressed uh, that they don't want to be contacted. Once we have the final list, uh, we then distribute this list within the team. Uh, we assign them um, an average of 1,200 leads a month, uh, and we add them to the cadence. Um, or to the sequence in our CRM. Um, we measure each profile on one sequence, and then we, that means we'll have three different sequences at the beginning, 
and then uh, we start to kind of measure the results of each. Okay, that's gonna be that was gonna be my next question. The the sequencing. So you said back to the targeting. You request that at the beginning from your clients. You typically ask for three different personas, and then you map out the touch points, the messaging, the scripts, the templates for those three different personas. Each one of your resources of your reps um, is going to work around 1,200 leads per month. And now they have sequences that ca they can execute, three sequences, on those 1,200 contacts. And they're going to start sending those messages. So this is when we go to the sequences. Now, on average, how many touches does your sequences have? And what channels do you guys use when you do outbound? Our sequences have nine touches. And this, these nine touches are spread out in two weeks' time overall. Uh, we have a combination of uh, phone call, email, and LinkedIn. Um, and out of these, um, let's say, three channels that we use, uh, email and LinkedIn are mainly, mainly awareness channels for us. And the most success that we have are really from cold calls. Right? So cold calling, it's strong, um, let's say, um, quality, or let's say, strong or strength that we have. Sorry, strength that we have as a team. Call being able to have those conversations with with the leaders and the companies and uh, spark interest and get people to come to the appointment. Perfect. So nine touches, two weeks. The strength is going to be cold calling. That's where the majority of the activity is going to happen. But there's still it's a omni-channel approach. So you're still going to include a little bit of LinkedIn, a little bit of email, mostly for awareness, as you mentioned. I would assume follow up. But the main channel to convert is going to be phone, phone first. Okay. Now, the next thing I'd like to know is, give me, uh, you mentioned phone is a strength channel, uh, a strong channel. Give me some, some numbers of results that your customers, uh, maybe a fintech company that you've worked with in the past, uh, what results have they seen before and after working with you? Awesome. Um, I'll speak, um, one of the clients that we have now, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big client. Um, they currently have 10 uh, SDRs with us. Um, okay. I'll talk at the beginning and then where we are right now. When we started with them the first two, three months, we we're generating with 10 SDRs anywhere from 20 to 30 qualified meetings per month. Um, they started so with the 10 reps from the beginning? From the beginning. Started with 10, continues with 10. And at the beginning, you mentioned 20 to 30 meetings per month during the first, what, two to three months, I would I would guess. That, yeah, that's right. Off being on the phones. Okay. Right. After those uh, first two to three months, uh, we generate a lot of data, right? So we're analyzing uh, the messaging, uh, the personas, um, the sequences. We're measuring absolutely everything. Uh, anything from... Uh, connection rate, conversion rate, um, it, the show rates, all those different things that really um, allows us to understand if the sales strategy is correct. Now, after those first two or three months, uh, we made tweaks uh, in terms of, like we even analyze our internal staff, the leaders, right? Are the leaders doing what they're supposed to? Are we coaching correctly? Are we doing the quality? We, we take the, we kind of, review everything from different points of view. After those first three months, we changed uh, our strategy and we are now at a point where we're generating 106 appointments. Last month, for example, we generated 106 qualified uh, meetings for our client. Wow, that's amazing. Awesome. That's, a, that's a huge increase, almost like a 30 
30 to 40% increase in results from a, your, let's say, launch slash onboarding or ramp up period until now that the account is a little bit more mature. So you with one of the, the things, same amount of people, sorry, with the same amount of people, same, same resources. All you did was analysis. So basically uh, that's what I wanted to reinforce that around uh, the first trimester of the account, you were deploying, but you were also analyzing. You analyze the data, the bulk data, not only productivity numbers. You did mention also some conversion metrics, conversion rates, connect rates, show rates, etc. You analyze as well the team. Are these the right reps? Are these the right managers? Is everything cohesive in the, let's say, appointment building engine that we are building for our customers? Everything working fine? What needs to change? Double down on that, and that got you to book 106 appointments on a month now right. that you've been working with them for a couple of months how many of those 106 appointments came from phone um 104 <laughs> 104 so yeah. okay it goes back to the testament of phone is our best channel two of them um, i would imagine happen what email or linkedin uh email email okay so email as you mentioned linkedin for awareness maybe some report building but the actual appointment happens over the phone 104 out of 106 Mm, very good. Now, when it comes to you, you already hinted at reporting, which is one of the other uh, things that I like to touch on. What sort of platforms, reports do you create and how can your customers receive that information? Is it through a spreadsheet? Is it through re uh, recurring meetings? Help us understand that, please. Collaboration is key uh, for us. Uh, collaboration from sales strategy with our clients. When I say collaboration is key, means that we want to provide our clients with visibility and the way that's organized and with the metrics that it's that are needed. We use Power BI to report on activity, on results, um, and this is uh, this report is provided to our clients on a weekly basis um, on the performance. We also um, have weekly meetings with our clients. Uh, to talk about the performance of the team. Um, basically, hey, what we're doing, what's working, what's not working, what we're going to do, and where we need your help. Those are kind of the basic things that we cover. Um, and it's not just waiting on a week-to-week -week basis to say, hey, this is what's going on. We encourage our clients to have an open conversation at any moment and say, hey, this is what's going on. Um, or from their side or from our side, just to make sure that um, we are successful, right? We want to be successful, but um, there's really so much we can do if we don't have the involvement or participation of our uh, of our clients. Okay, so it sounds like there's, there's a quite feature-packed report. You mentioned Power BI, I would assume productivity as well as conversion metrics, a whole, mm -hmm. let's say, high-level view of the pipeline that you generate. But that in order to provide better results, to continue improving, let's say to that uh, example from 20 to 30 to 106 and beyond, you mm -hmm. still need those uh, weekly meetings with your customers to align, to have a right. communications tree that, go, that flows in both ways. Receiving feedback was working. But I noticed that one of the things you mentioned is we are very... Um, almost self-sufficient in the sense that you bring already the solutions to the table. Hey, this is what happened. This is what we're going to do, or these are the issues that we've seen. This is how we plan to tackle them. 
but all you still need the customer there to validate, to provide feedback, to maybe give you a different insight and see if you guys are aligned. Um, so while you can still be very propositive, it seems like communication is key in the delivery and the success of this appointment setting service, correct? Correct. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely necessary. Um, we've seen both scenarios where there's low engagement from the client um, in, in the campaign and versus the one where there is a lot of participation, a lot of involvement from different perspectives. And the clients that are engaged are more likely to succeed. And I would say not just with me, but with any agency. I like that. You know what? You just entered into my last question that actually is around some advice for the audience. And I like that. Hey, being yeah. well connected with us, working with, and not just us, any agency that you decide to outsource, the more you work and treat that agency as an internal team, the better the results you're going to get. I like that one. And as you said it, any agency could basically give anyone the same advice. So how about you give me three a little bit more specific advices that you can share, three tips that you would give someone that is listening to this episode right now, considering to hire sales strategy, and they just want to get the results they expect with you fast. What would you tell them? All right, I'll take, I'll take that one back. <laughs> uh, I would say um, be involved in the project. Right? You're already making the investment. It's um, you're investing on a project, you believe it's going to work. Right? You're going to work partner with, with a company or an agency is because you believe that's going to be an extension of your team and it's going to work. So uh, participate in the execution of the, uh, of the campaign or the strategy um, that, you are, um, that you have in your hands. Uh, that'll be the first advice. Um, yep. The second would be provide continuous education. So initial, just be part of the training. Um, when we bring clients on board, when we bring employees on board, uh, after the recruitment, uh, hiring, we do one week of sales strategy training, mm -hmm. right? We hire people with experience, of course, but we want to make sure that people have the context or the background of the sales strategy way of doing things, uh, just to make sure that we are eliminating bad practices or at least working on them, but at the same time, replicating and sharing best practices with the things that we've seen work. Um, after the one week of training, we highly encourage and recommend that our clients provide a training on product knowledge. There's really so much I can learn from going to the, uh, to the website of our clients. The real experts of, of the product um, are our clients, right? So they will really provide a lot more context. And not just the initial onboard, onboarding training. I've seen something that really works is two weeks after, a month after, at least during the first three months, be involved in reinforcing, right? We all know that. Um, I, I come from a trainer background. Um, yes, you, Eddie, oh, that's how we met. And we know that people only retain about 25% of what they're being taught, right? Um, and you cannot really expect people to learn 100% of what you're telling them. Um, but as you expose them on a day-to-day -day basis, you're exposing them to the, to the calls, having those conversations, and then you will reinforce two weeks later, they can say, oh, that makes more sense, right? Now I know what to say. And then a month later, they'll come with questions and then they'll answer those questions and then cover additional topics. Then it starts to click in a lot more. When that knowledge is there, they're more consistent, they're more comfortable on the phones and the meetings each time will be more qualified, which basically means the show rate will be higher. Right. And the, I like the third that. One, 
Yeah. Let's go for the third one. Yes. Yeah. The third the third one will be have clarity on the personas you want to target. If you know your target audience, um, that's already a huge step ahead. Um, because then what we do is we'll start kind of uh, focusing on those different personas at the beginning. If there is no clarity on the personas, the target audience, well, that is just a different focus because um, you will need to be aware that you need to make an investment and just trying to figure out who your ideal target audience is because mm -hmm. we'll be A-B testing basically. Oh, we're going to target uh, financial leaders. We start prospecting financial leaders. Oh, they're not the ideal personas. It turns out that we already invested in three weeks to a month of, uh, of activity. Results, no results. Let's start different, uh, different personas or maybe a different industry. So having clarity on, on your target audience will make a huge difference. Okay, clarity and alignment there. So to recap, be involved. I like that. It's what we had reinforced before. The more they um, become participants, not just a stakeholder. So this purchase, the better the purchase will be, the more results it will yield this partnership. Number two, educate. And I like that you double click on something interesting, which is don't just give us that initial product training that we sometimes receive in that first month, first two weeks, but also be available for reinforcements, for refreshers, for maybe some tests. One of the things I, I almost like to think of is at the beginning, you're offloading a truckload of information into the reps, but they've never even made their first phone call and they're already getting bombarded with information. So fine, give them that initial training, allow them to test the, their knowledge on the field, making some calls with some prospects, then come back, reinforce, and sometimes even the same content speaks to you a little bit later, almost like when you reread a book and you read it when you had 20, when you were 20 or in your 20s, and now you're reading it back in your 30s, and it speaks to you a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I do like that, that, that level of uh, support from your buyers I can see how it makes a difference. And the last one, clear target audience. If we know who we're going after and we are aligned about that, we're not going to be wasting time chasing the wrong cats. I like right. that. Now, Dave, these have been great tips. Uh, one of the things we were covering at the beginning of this show and, and before the cameras rolled was an expansion plan that you have. I don't want to end yeah. the episode here. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that and then we can wrap it up for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Thanks for, for for the space. Basically, we're in a new office. Um, I'm not sure by the time that we actually roll out the, the podcast how long it's going to be, but we've been here for uh, a week in the new office. Actually, this will be the second week. Uh, we have a team of 50 people, and we are 50% capacity. So what that means is we have the, the capacity to have 100 people here. And um, roughly, just to kind of give you context, um, the office space that we have right now is about 4,000 square meter, a little bit uh, uh, higher than that. And okay. um, to have availability for active position, it's 100. We have 50% capacity. We have a conference room. We have a private office for when any of our clients uh, decide to visit their team here in Colombia. They have a space, a private uh, office here. Um, and then the right next to us there's an office available which is um 2000 square meters which whenever we're about 90 percent capacity and we continue to grow our pipeline we'll then take on that additional space and expand our office it will all be um, all communicated internally okay. um but yeah like I, I think that 
um, and, and probably this is why we decided to come to the office is we started as a remote company and mm -hmm. a lot of people might, um, might not, may not agree with me on what I'm about to say, but, uh, we, when we started remote company, it didn't work for us as a remote, having people, uh, employees remote, um, meaning having their support team in the office and managers quality, having a uh, workforce, having all those different positions that support the PDRs or the SDRs, uh, wasn't working for us. When we start to bring employees to an office, that's when we start to see the results. And uh, that's why we, we try to make this space uh, a warm place for them, a nice place, something that they enjoy. And it, feel, it feels uh, like a place at home, right? So um, that's basically the office that we have right now. And uh, planning to expand and maintain the culture that we have. Awesome, David. Well, first of all, congratulations for the audience listening in, considering sales leaders, business leaders, considering to hire sales strategy. It sounds like this office, while the team is going to be remote to the headquarters, maybe a company in Europe, mm -hmm. a company in the States looking to grow in the States, the team is going to be remote for them. But the, the employees, the reps that they hire through sales strategy, they're going to be located in an office, brand right. fresh new office, great vibes, and where you can have a little bit of a better control over the management, the ramp up, the alignment, the adjustment and upbringing of accounts. Uh, so that overall translates into better results for your customers, more appointments because you mentioned, hey, we start, we did start re working remote and it's when we went to the office working on site that we saw the impact of all these extra mm -hmm. resources that we put onto the table, which translated into more meetings, better results, more ROI for our customers. Right. 100%. Awesome, David. Well, thank you so much for sharing all those, number one, growth plans, number two, the services and who these services are for. If there are any fintech, financial services companies, business leaders, revenue leaders out there in the audience, and you are considering to work with sales strategy, you can go, you can find them in the Cloudtos marketplace. David, anything else you would like to share before we wrap it up? No, I think I think we're good. We're open uh, to have any conversation you guys um um, interested in our services and yeah, uh, let's keep at it. <laughs> awesome, David. Thank you so much for your time. Hoping to speak with you on the next one and for the audience to stay tuned. There's more coming. See you guys.